Zanino. Middle, middle. That a boy. He, he hit it. Middle. He got it. He hit he it. Got it. We're going he got home. it. Mike Zanino <laughs> just walked off Minnesota. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Speed out there, pitch. Deep drive, left center field. Give me a baby! Go! A home run for Mitch Hanniger! Welcome back to a regular edition of the Soto Mojo podcast. Uh, this is Colby Patnode, side expert, coming at you today with Dan Clark. Uh, Dan, say hello. It's been a while. All right. How you going? Yeah, it has been a while since we got on and had a bit of a chat, so it's good to catch up. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, the Mariners are giving us plenty to talk about, and I guess we'll start today's show with the biggest piece of news that broke today, and that is that the Seattle Mariners have placed Felix Hernandez on the uh, 10-day disabled list. Um, You know, it kind of sounds like it's mainly just a rest thing. Um, He kind of tweaked his back a little bit, but I'm not too overly concerned. Dan, are you worried at all about Felix going on the uh, 10-day DL here? No, I'm not. Just from what I've read on Twitter the last sort of, since I sort of woke up this morning, it's just like you said, it's a bit more of a rest sort of thing. Um, the last two starts he's been dealing with a stiff sort of back, so if we can take advantage of the, the all-star break and sort of maybe skip a star or two and and get him fresh and his back sorted out, I think that's going to be a pretty good sort of good time to do it, if any. Yeah, and it's, it's about, you know, maintenance and making sure you have guys that you need down the stretch. Which, you know, kind of brings up an interesting topic in how do the Mariners manage these innings. I mean, we have James Paxton, who's never gone over, what, 136 in the majors, I think it is. And then you have Marco, who they've already said is going to be done at around 160, 170. LeBlanc's never been a starter throughout an entire season. And, you know, Felix is 32 years old and battling back issues. The only guy who seems like a pretty safe bet to stay healthy all year is Mike Leake. So, I mean, what, what do you think the plan is here with trying to manage these innings when you have guys who you you have to manage, they haven't done it yet. So what do you think, what do you think that's going to look like? Yeah, that's a bit tough. That's where we have to sort of add to that rotation in the, in the trades and stuff like that. Um, I think we definitely need to, at least for a while, go to a six man rotation. Mm-hmm. Give Pax that extra day. Give Gonzalez that extra day. Like you said, leaks. The last time he threw over a hundred innings was 2010. Um, as a starter with San Diego. Um, other than that, he's never gone over a hundred innings. He's at 85 at the moment for LeBlanc. Um, yeah, Pax. Heifey's ever gone 136, like you said. 
Gonzalez in the big leagues has only ever thrown 183 innings, plus like that's with the 106 this year. So I think we definitely need to go to that six-man rotation and probably sooner rather than later just to stretch him out a little bit. Um, internal options for that, probably the best of Triple A's Casey Lawrence. Um, everyone else is sort of sitting pretty sort of average uh, out of four six four seven ERA with a with a one point five plus whip, where Casey Lawrence is uh, one point zero seven whip with a two point eight one ERA. So he's probably going to be the first guy up, I would think, um, unless they want to stretch out Elias. But yeah, I think I think Casey probably deserves a shot a little bit over Rowanus at the moment. Um, but we definitely need to sort of add an app pretty quick, I think, um, to the rotation. Hopefully, we'll I trade. I don't think we'll have the the cattle to get the big big deals done and stuff like that um, with Hap and, and Hamels. I think we're going to get outbid with them, but we definitely need to sort of get get something in there. Yeah, you know, we uh, we saw this last year um, around this time. DePoto went out and he got Erasmo Ramirez. And while you and I were making fun of Erasmo, he turned into one of their best pitchers down the stretch. Um, you know, and then in August, late August, he went out and he pretty much bought Mike Leak. Um, didn't really give up anything but money to get him. And, you know, maybe those are the type of deals we're looking at here uh, this year. Um, but we'll wait and see about all that. Um I do tend to agree that the Mariners need to add pitching. I don't know if they need to go out and get a, you know, like a full-blown starter, but somebody who can cover three innings at a time, and maybe you can do kind of a a piggyback start type of thing where you, you know, Marco goes out there for four, and then you bring in pitcher X for three or whatever it is, just to kind of start to limit innings that way. I do think DePoto has said, it was DePoto or Service, one of them said, that a six-man rotation is very likely at some point um, for at least a short period of time, and that's another way that they can do it. So I agree with what you said. Um, you know, the, there's not that guy on the 25-man roster right now. Maybe it's Elias, but you know, it's probably Lawrence or uh, or uh, Christian Bergman. Maybe he had a nice spot start earlier this year. It's one of those guys, I would think Rob Whalen's on the DL, so he's not really an option. And other than that, I mean, there's not, you just lost Miranda. There's just, there's not a lot out there. So uh, I agree with you. It'll be interesting to see how they manage innings in uh, August and September. And thankfully they have the all-star break coming up. So that'll, that's a nice reset for everybody. Yeah, definitely. I think I I heard on the the Wheelhouse podcast as well, um, they were talking about with Gonzalez, They'll sort of look at his innings, how he has. Um, so say like his his nine inning complete game there a couple of weeks ago. That was ninety four pitches and it was relatively stress free. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the six innings that he threw against, um, I think it was was it Colorado there the other day. Uh, um, the Angels, I think. Yeah, um, against the Angels. Sorry, um, that was six innings of high stress sort of work. So mm-hmm. I, I think the the innings limit's gonna be a little bit flexible. Um 
depending on sort of, like I said, the, the high-stress and low-stress innings. But, yeah, I, I think Gonzalez needs to sort of get a bit of rest here pretty soon, I think. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he will. But, uh, anyways, like, so we'll have to wait and see how that the whole thing works itself out. But, uh, you know, speaking of left-hander, left-handed starting pitching, the Mariners made an interesting move. Uh, not too long ago, when they signed Wade LeBlanc to a, it's a one-year extension with three team options. It's pretty team friendly. Um, I'm not sure if they ever actually fully reported uh, all the escalators and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it maxes out at a four-year extension worth about thirty-two million dollars, and that's if he hits all these incentives and all that. Um, but really, what it is, it's a one-year extension uh, for next year at $3 million guaranteed. So, Dan, what what did you think of the of the extension, uh, just in terms of who the Mariners are getting? And then we'll talk about the, uh, the actual structure of the deal a little bit later. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of LeBlanc, probably because he's that battler. He, he's sort of like the journeyman sort of thing. Um, us Aussies sort of, we always love the underdogs and stuff like that. So it's good to see... And especially me being a little bit older than most of sort of the guys in Soto Mojo, I think it's a bit of a win for the old blokes. Um, <laughs> he's just sort of he's just sort of ticked away this year, and he just he just competes. I love how he competes. Um, he doesn't have overpowering stuff, which everybody knows, but he just knows how to pitch. Um, I, I think it's just like I said, just sort of chalk one up for the old blokes. I'm glad they sort of signed him up. It's not something, obviously, that we're going to build the club around or anything like that, but it's good for Wade to sort of have that bit of stability rather than him going, oh, geez, and we're going to be traded here and have six months here and six months here for the family and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good thing for him, and I think the Mariners sort of done well by him and done well by the club just to sort of to lock him up for another 12 months, possibly a little bit longer. Yeah, it's uh, the guy was DFA'd by. Uh, I think he got DFA'd seven times in his career, and uh, I went back and I looked at it when I wrote about the extension. Unless I'm mistaken, this is the third time that Depoto has acquired Wade LeBlanc, and now he's kept him long term, uh, or potentially long term. So that that's really interesting when you can pretty like easily trace, you know, Wade LeBlanc's career with where Jerry Depoto happens to be. You know, it just. It's funny how it works out that way, but, you know, Wade's made Jerry look very, very smart. Um, and part of that is this deal he signed. Like, it's a one-year deal. I believe it guarantees him $3 million next year, right around there. And then there's three club options. Um, it sounds like the incentives base, the incentives are based on innings pitched. So if the guy comes in and he's just not one of your best starters or whatever, you have to move him to the bullpen, there's really no risk for the Mariners here. So, I mean, it seems like a pretty team-friendly deal for the Mariners, but also it's nice that a guy who's bounced around so bad, so much uh, finally has a little bit of stability. Is that Was that your sense, Dan, when you saw the deal? Yeah, basically. Like I said, it's just good for him to – good for him and his family to – have have that little bit of stability and yeah, I didn't know it was the third time that Jerry had sort of signed Wade LeBlanc. Obviously, I knew he was here a couple of years ago, but it's just 
I think it's just a safe sort of move to sort of lock up that back end of the rotation. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that the Mariners' current starting rotation is now all under club control for next year. So, um, you know, it seems smart. I know the starting pitching market in free agency isn't great. There's a couple of guys, but, you know, everybody wants those guys. So it seems like a smart idea on DePoto's part to at least – going to next season saying, hey, we have these five guys that we like. So, um, you know, speaking of uh, DePoto, real fast, he also will be around for the next couple years. He signed an extension. Um, General manager extensions, they're not really publicly disclosed what they're worth and how long they are. But I think most people seem to be landing on it's either a two-year extension with a one-year option or it's a three-year extension. It doesn't really matter. GM contracts are kind of, you know, you can – you can fire them, and it doesn't cost you that much to pay their salary. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but it does send a message that, you know, the Mariners believe in Jerry DePoto and that they like what he's done the last couple of years. So I guess my question for you, Dan, is do you agree with the Mariners' assessment? Do you Are you happy that DePoto is going to be here for a while? Yeah, I am pretty happy that DePoto is going to be here for a while. Um I think what he's done with the club since he's been here, he's he's changed not only the personnel that are here, the the team and all that sort of stuff, getting them younger and more athletic. Um, I think he's sort of changed a little bit of the culture as well. Um, and that sort of comes back to him and Scott, uh, with who I think will be probably the next to sign an extension pretty soon as well. Um, because, yeah, DePoto and Scott sort of like a... A duo. I think I don't think Depoto is going to go out and find anyone else um, that he's got as good a relationship as Scott Service. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pleased he got the deal. I think he's done, especially this year. I know a lot of us and me for one sort of weren't as high on the Mariners as what they're doing now. Um, but give it to Depoto. He sort of went out and stuck to his guns and stuff like that and said. Especially with the starting pitching, he was he was the one who said, no, I really like our starters. I think they can sort of get the job done for most of the year. And he, he's looking pretty good right now. He's Everything he sort of said has, has come pretty true. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a good extension. Um, like you said, we don't know how long it is or anything like that. But I'm more than happy to have DePoto here looking after the Mariners for the next few years. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh... I've been a big DePoto fan really since they hired him, um, you know, and that that's with obvious concerns about, you know, what happened in Los Angeles, but it sounds like a lot of that's not really his fault, but I mean, I don't, he seems like a really smart guy. Pretty much every single trade he's made, I can look at it and I can, I can understand his thought process behind it. Um, you know, I've liked the draft classes that he's had, the international free agents that he signed. I just, I don't, I don't, and he's not perfect. I mean, he's made a lot. He's made bad trades, but when you make as many trades as Depoto has, you know, some of them aren't going to be that good, and that's just the way it works. But I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit right now, Dan. What is your favorite Jerry Depoto move, um, excluding it can't be Hanniger and Segura? So take that one off. Come on, that's like everybody's favorite. But <laughs> aside from that one, is there maybe one move or anything like that that Depoto did that? Uh, that you just stands above the rest for you? Um, I think probably this last off season with D. Gordon signing. Um, 
Steve's just been that spark plug that sort of has, again, sort of even changed the, the attitude and the culture in the clubhouse. Um, I think that's probably been his best move. If the international money that, that we got along with with the D Gordon move and stuff like that, that could have helped out with the Otani, but didn't end up being that way. But, yeah, I think I think definitely the D Gordon move um, that Depoto did in, I think it was December last year, is probably my favourite one outside of the obvious one that's right. Hannah Guerin's throw. Yeah, you know, it's, it was another creative thing for uh, Depoto to do. That's kind of his calling card. The Mariners didn't need a second baseman. They needed a center fielder, and they said, okay, we'll go trade for a second baseman to be our center fielder. And now it seems like a really great move, considering, you know, you've been without Cano for almost two months now. Um, you know, like, I, I guess, like, for me, um, I really like the Mike Leak trade um, just because, you know, he got he gave up nothing. Do you ever remember the player that the Mariners gave up for Mike Leak? Uh, remember, I think it was a young shortstop, but I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, not it, sure the name. It was Raider Escanio who they gave up. Yeah. And in addition to getting Mike Leak for Raider Escanio, he also got a million dollars in uh, in international slot money, and he also got the Cardinals to take on about $6 million a year of Mike Leak's contract. Right now the Mariners are paying Mike Leak $11 million a year for the next two and a half years. I mean – that's a, that's a steal. So I, I think for me, that one. Also, I I have to give the guy credit. The Marco Gonzalez for Tyler O'Neill trade, which I hated, like, with a passion. I He might have won that trade, you know, and that's that's something that nobody thought they could say. Uh, you know, we still have to wait and see how good Tyler O'Neill is, but he certainly didn't lose that trade, and right now he's looking very smart. So I got to give him credit on those two. Those two deals, along with the D. Gordon one, which, like you said, has really been a, a spark plug for the team and uh, turned out to be very valuable with the Robinson Cano suspension. Yeah, that's exactly right. If Depoto just went out and got a center fielder for to play center field this year, I don't think you, we would have been in the same position that we are now with D, him acquiring D. Gordon to sort of come back and cover second base. So maybe call that a bit of luck with with the Cano sort of thing. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, again, it, it just makes Jerry look a lot a lot smarter than all of us, I suppose. <laughs> well, I hope he is. I mean, if you're the general manager of a baseball team, you should be smarter than a bunch of guys who just like talking baseball. But, I mean, exactly right. yeah, at the end of the day, I think it, it's a well-deserved extension for Jerry. Um, I'm excited. Um, you know, and like you said, I'm sure Scott Service will uh, – will be done here, I would imagine, shortly after the trade deadline. Um, there's really no rush. He's not going anywhere. Um, you know, and I, I think my feelings on Scott's service are pretty well known, but I, you can't argue he's done a great job building culture. He works well with Jerry and the players. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's – as long as you're good at that, then the rest of it is a bonus, I suppose. So I'm I'm with you. The service and Depoto team is definitely going to be here for the next couple of years. I just I don't think there's any doubt about that, right? Yeah, that's right. And like, how good has it actually been to go like talk about an extension for uh, a GM and a coach in the Mariners compared to what it's been in years past? With geez, can't we just get rid of this GM already? He's yeah. useless. So it's 
it's good to have a bit of confidence in that in the GM and and the and the manager. It certainly is. All right, so now let's get to everybody's favorite topic, but one I really don't care that much about, uh, the All-Star Game. Uh, first of all, let me just ask you, Dan, before we talk about the Mariners and who got snubbed and all that stuff, do you like the All-Star Game? Is it something you watch, or is it just something that you're like, you know, eh, whatever? Are you indifferent? What, what's your feeling about the All-Star Game? My feeling on the All-Star Game is I don't mind the home run derby. I love, mm-hmm. hey, everyone loves seeing home runs. All-Star game, yeah, I'm not not that big on it. Um, Like, it's just, yeah, it's more of a, I suppose you say it's a bit of a fluff show. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, um, like, it, it's great to see Mitch Hanninger get named in the All-Star game. Yep. It's great to see Cruz. It'd be awesome to see Eddie Diaz come in there and just throw one inning, probably in the middle of the game, if not the ninth inning, if they're in that spot. But, yeah, um, I suppose it's I'm not not real big on the All Star Game. I would rather than having those three or four extra days rest, actually. Yeah, um, I and I don't want to see Edwin Diaz pitching the game, and it's not because I don't want to see him go up against you know great hitters. It's just I don't want to see him get hurt, and that's just you know that's who I am. But yeah, the All Star Game for me, um, it really took a hit the year after they. I think it was 2003. They just 2002 or 2003. The game ended in a tie, and Bud Seeley decided that apparently that's unacceptable, and you, now the All Star Game is going to determine you know home field advantage in the World Series. I, that was just stupid. I'm glad they got rid of that. They no longer do that, but it just that's not what the All Star Game is. It's just it's it's basically a bunch of dudes playing softball at the highest level, you know. That's really what it is for me. I, I, I like the home run derby. I like the celebrity softball game. I like the futures, the world versus the U.S. game, the futures game. I like All-Star Weekend and All-Star Week. I just, I could do without the game. I just, I don't, I don't know. It just, it seems, I, don't know. I honestly, like I said, I'd rather see those guys go out there in shorts and play slow pitch softball. And that's, because that's basically what it is. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the All-Star game. So yeah, and I'm I'm sure it would be sort of like a, a great experience for the players to sort of go out there and and sort of be recognised as all stars oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But I'm I'm more of a maybe like of what they do in in Japan and stuff like that have like a bit of a, a skills contest, yeah, um, or something along those lines. But I think yeah, it's I think it's something that. Can definitely be looked at, but I I probably won't be watching it. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be on holidays visiting family in Sydney with my fiance and my daughter, so nice. I'll, I'll I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'll be sort of making sure I sit at home and watch it. I'd rather go out and yeah. I pro- I'll, what I'll probably be doing is I'll probably be on. Uh, I'll probably be writing or doing something else, and then I'll get a Twitter alert that Edwin Diaz is pitching and then I'll go watch that and that'll probably be it. But, uh, anyways, let's, let's talk about the Mariners who actually made the all-star game, all-star team. Um, a little bit of a surprise. I think we all knew Edwin Diaz was absolutely going to be on the team, but you know, if you had told me three Mariners had made the all-star team out of the jump, I would have guessed it would have been Diaz, Paxton and Hanniger and Hanniger made it. Um, but Nelson Cruz, which I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I was just, I was surprised. I figured they'd give that to Stanton because he's 
you know, he's a Yankee and all that stuff, but they gave it to Nelson Cruz. So Diaz, Hanniger, and Cruz, what are your thoughts on that overall group of Mariners? And yeah, I was, I was a little bit the same. I was surprised Cruz sort of got in. Um, I'm glad he did with what he's done the last sort of six or eight weeks. Um, but I, I, like you said, we knew that Diaz was going to be there. Hanniger was always on the edge, I mm-hmm. suppose. Um, but like we sort of, when we done that My Guy uh, series at the start of the year on Soto Mojo, Mitch Hanniger was the guy that I wrote about. So, and I think I said in there as well, I believe you will be an all-star this year. So I'm, I'm stoked to see Hanniger in there. Um, I would have thought Segura would have been a lock in there as well, um, not having to go down to the final vote, um, which, as of this morning, I think I saw he's currently leading the, yep, the final. Yep, he is lead. Yeah, so hopefully he can, he can hold on and Mariners fans can sort of keep getting out there and with a bit of help from the San Francisco Giants, who I suppose we've teamed up with, trying to get him and, and Brandon Belt over the line. That's but, right. Jeans and a belt. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, it, hopefully we can get Gene there as well. Um, I think there might be some more injuries, so Paxton might get yep. a, a chance to sort of go as well. But, yeah, it's I, I think we've sort of done pretty well out of the whole All-Star game. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree. It, we, we don't want to know. For, I think voting ends tomorrow night. Like, we're halfway through the voting. Yeah. For the All-Star, yes. and uh, Segura is in the lead, as far as we know. Um, we'll see if that happens um, or not. Um, I'm pretty sure that Paxson will make it, because um, guys will pitch the day, you know, the Sunday or whatever, and then guys will drop out. So I'm pretty sure he'll make it. I'd like to not see him throw a pitch in that game, just because every time James Paxson throws a pitch, I kind of hold my breath. Um, so I'd rather not see him pitch in that game, but he's deserving, um, you know, We'll see how many guys drop out because I don't know that he's more deserving than guys like Charlie Morton and uh, certainly Blake Snell, who somehow didn't make the team. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. That's, that, that I don't know. Blake Snell did not make that team. That's that's probably one of the biggest snubs that I can remember. Yeah, I can't. I don't. You know, like I said, I'm not. I don't really follow snubs that you know closely and all that stuff. But yeah, that one really jumped out, and I was I was shocked that Blake Snell wasn't on the team. I how is I don't know. It just it, it really uh, it really is something. But I'm sure he'll be on the team eventually. It's just a matter of you know who drops out and all that stuff. So you know we'll see. Yeah, but... um, hopefully uh, you know as of recording this right now, Gene is uh, Gene's on pace to be in the All Star game, and that's that's something. So we'll see if that works out or not. Um, Sorry. Uh, let's see. So we have, I guess we'll uh, we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and answer a few listener questions. All right, Dan? All right, and we're back. Uh, so uh, let's see here. We got a couple of questions that we're going to answer, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Dan, you ready to go? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. We have, I believe this is from, is this from your fiance, Dan? It is. It is from Emily. Aw. How cute. Uh, <laughs> she would like to know what is our favorite Mariners memory and why. Um, 
And then there is a second question. Favorite memory of a play moment in a game. Favorite personal. Okay. So give me a play. Yeah. Give me a, uh, rela- a memory related to on the field and maybe one off the field about the Mariners. So probably my favorite off. Sorry, I'll go on the field moment first uh, was 2016 uh, Griffey weekends. Um, mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to sort of have that planned out. Um, and had a bit of a holiday by myself for the last two, actually, weekends, Griffey weekend by myself, and then Edgar weekends last year uh, with Emily. Um, but Griffey weekends, Sean O'Malley, um, the comeback in that game on the the actual Griffey day, the home run, I think, in the – it might have been the seventh or the eighth inning, and then the play in the yeah. – in the next inning, and the whole stadium, the crowd uh, shouting for Sean O'Malley was just something that still, even to now, sort of gets the the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Mm. That's that's been my favourite Mariners memory that I've seen live. I've I've seen a few games over the years and stuff like that. My favourite sort of memory, sort of off the field, like I suppose that had the Mariners in it was last year going to. Uh, on holidays to the US with Emily um, and just sort of I remember when we first started planning our holiday um, we were there for three weeks doing a bit of a road trip and things like that and I was sort of trying to get obviously as many games in as I could uh, Emily at the start said look we're going to seven games in three weeks how about we sort of stop there <laughs> and I was like yeah look that that's fine we've got a couple in Seattle we're doing the Baseball Hall of Fame and all that sort of stuff as well. After the first game in, it was actually in LA, um, Justin Turner hit walk off. It was a packed house. By the time we got back to the hotel in LA, Emily had looked at three other games that were sort of in cities that we were going to be at at the time and basically booked tickets. <laughs> so that was, and that sort of, and showing Emily Safeco Field for the first time, Having her there for Edgar Weekend, that was all pretty. That was probably my favourite baseball memories around, around the Mariners, around the US, and stuff like that, and the Hall of Fame too. Yeah, that, that's awesome, man. It's uh, it really is something cool when you get to uh, experience a baseball game through somebody else's eyes. Um, you know, it's 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 a really cool memory. I I can't really compete with that, but uh, I I guess off the field, I was at both Griffey Weekend and Edgar Weekend. I would count those as off the field, uh, particularly the Edgar. Edgar's always been my favorite player. Um, you know, I wore number 11 from my first game of Little League until my last game of baseball, and I, that was for Edgar, clearly. And uh, I was barely old enough to even know who he was, but he was my favorite player. And so that whole weekend, it would have been great if the Mariners could have won a game or two, but they got swept. But I was at all four games. It was just really cool to see, you know, all the – just the the love and energy that uh, Seattle has for Edgar, and uh, you know to see the jersey retired and all that stuff that was that was a awesome awesome experience. Um, so that that would be my off the field memory. I do I do like the Sean O'Malley game. Um, I was actually there too. Um, that was that was crazy because yeah it's it's <laughs> it's Griffey weekend like the biggest star in Seattle history. And the kid from Richland, which is about two hours, two and a half, three hours away from Seattle, he ends up who nobody heard of. 
he ends up getting his name chanted throughout the stadium because he had a go-ahead home run and he uh, made a great play at shortstop like the next half inning. Like it was incredible. That was really fun. Um, I was at game 161 a few years back when the the Mariners were like a game out of it um, and they were playing the Oakland A's and they had to win that game. Um, and there was a few, they lost, but it was still, it was really cool. The stadium was pretty much packed. Uh, there was a really cool energy there. Uh, Nelson Cruz hit a big home run to tie it. And, uh, that was really cool. And then, uh, Ben Gamble, they got down late and Ben Gamble had a big hit that tied it back up in the eighth inning, I think it was, or the ninth. And it, that was just an awesome game. So I would put those two pretty high. Um, you know, I wasn't, really conscious during like the 1995 season, all that stuff. Um, I did go to the last playoff game at Safeco field. The last one that they played. Um, don't really remember it that well. I was, I was, uh, I wasn't 10 yet. I was nine years old, about to be 10. So I don't really remember all that much about it. So I can't really speak to anything like that, but yeah, the game 161 with all the energy and, you know, seeing what a playoff game in Seattle could actually look like. Um, that that was that was pretty special. So I would say it's between the O'Malley moment and the uh, the game 161 against the Oakland A's, which they actually lost. But those would be my two favorite on the field experiences. Yeah, I would actually just say that game 161 as well, and yeah, just that Nelson Cruz seeing going around first base after hitting mm-hmm. the home, just being so pumped up. That would have been that would have been an awesome experience to be. I'm very jealous of that one. Yeah, that's. Uh, I said, man, I just, I wish they would have won, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was awesome either way. So, uh, thanks for the question, Emily. Enjoy your, uh, your holiday with the hubby there or soon to be hubby and the uh, daughter. So, uh, now let's move on to our last question. This comes from Matt Hope. Do you know Matt? Is he an Australian like you? He is an Aussie. Um, I've yeah. never met Matt, but I've had a bit of a chat a few times and stuff like that. He was actually in, he had an epic road trip, um, to the States in the last month. I think he saw, uh, from memory, the games in Boston, the games in New York, and then um, I think it might have been the four-game series sweep in Seattle as well. So, Wow, okay. So he got to see some baseball yeah, yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, he did. And every, every day he sort of he was there, he, he had photos up, and I think he saw the... Um, the James Paxton start on Canada Day with the bobblehead. So oh, yeah. Great. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, Matt wants to know uh, who should be the priority trade target before the July 31st deadline, and he wants to know if it's a starting pitcher. So, Dan, do you kind of have a name that you would like to see more than anybody? Um, so pitcher on, I'm sort of edging maybe a little bit towards, like I said, there earlier on. I think we're going to get our bid for Hap and Hamels. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing either Marcus Stroman or Estrada from the Blue Jays. Um, I know they're not probably going to be really high on anybody's list, but I think they could sort of, especially sort of Stroman, I know he's he was injured at the first half and started late, Um I think he's sort of just getting into his work now and starting to look better and better. Um, I've always been a, a Stroman fan, so he's probably he's probably closer to, to the top of my list. But 
Yeah, I, I just don't think we have the cattle, like I said earlier, to get the, the bigger guys, the Haps and the the Hamels and stuff like that. I just think we're going to get outbid on them, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. I think, like, when you talk about a guy like Hamels, I'm not sure that Hamels is even that good anymore. Um, you know, maybe because the Mariners are willing to take a lot of that contract, maybe they can get him there. Uh, Stroman's interesting. I, I don't know if the Blue Jays will trade him, but he has not been – he hasn't been good this year. And really, you know, as much hype as – he's just kind of been, like, fine. You know, he's he's okay, whatever. I mean, he's a nice pitcher. And occasionally he's really good. But for the most part, he's just kind of eh. So, I mean, I, th- I think Stroman's interesting because that's that's a guy that most people probably don't assume is available. But if you're the Blue Jays, why wouldn't you see what you can get for him? Um, so I like that name. Um, for me, I, I feel like a bullpen guy really should be the priority. Um, I, you know, I, Ty, uh, Gonzalez, who writes for Soto Mojo, he really likes, uh, Kirby Yates and I've kind of, I like Kirby Yates as well. Um, Joaquin Soria is a guy. I just, I look at these right-handed bats in the, uh, that the Mariners might face in the playoffs and I look at, Springer and Bregman and Altuve and Martinez and Stanton and you know yeah like pick a guy and a lot of them are right-handed power bats so to me adding that guy who I can go to in the in the sixth inning because if if service isn't willing to use Diaz before the ninth I need a guy who is my closer before the ninth you know does that make sense it does it does yeah lately we've probably saying Colomay come into that a little bit. Um, yeah, I think yeah. he struggled there against teams that he was sort of faced a fair bit in the East, um, especially Tampa Bay. But I think just sort of lately he's he's starting to get that movement back on the cutter and finding his command. So yeah, he maybe he's someone that you can sort of move around a little bit. But yeah, I, I'm when I saw this this question from Matt, I had I had like five different places or needs that we could sort of go to. Right. Uh, a utility guy, a backup catcher, mm-hmm. and probably a, a right-handed outfielder as well. So, yeah, there's there's definitely sort of a lot of holes to fix and not much in the tank sort of to sort of get them. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be a difficult one. Yeah, you're going to have to pick a spot where you just, you know, you're not going to, you know, you can't. There's probably five, six, maybe seven roster spots that could be a lot better. You can't do all that in a, in one July, you know. Um, no, that's right. Yeah, so you kind of have to pick and choose. I, I think, like, like I would love a, a different catcher, um, but how big of a on the priority list is that going to be? You know what I mean? It's so I think the, yeah. I think on Depoto's priority list, it's pitching in general. I think he would like a starter. But I don't think he's going to force the issue. Like, if his value is, I find these two good bullpen arms, I think he'll probably do that instead of the one starter that he doesn't really like, if that makes sense. It does, it does. And I definitely think, I think bullpen is probably the spot where he's he's going to be able to get the most impact with what he's got. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, as long as we sort of get some more arms, I think, um, and just please get Andrew Ramon off the 25-man. <laughs> we need to sort of improve that a little bit. So, 
It would, yeah, it would be nice not to have to run Kyle Seager and Gene Segura and D Gordon into the ground for the rest exactly. of the year. So a, a day off a week could really do those guys wonders. So, uh, yeah, I, I think like I said, if he wants me to give him a name, like a starting pitcher name, um, I guess, Matt, I would say I, if you're looking for kind of an off, like Lance Lynn of the Minnesota Twins, they're selling. He's a right-handed pitcher. Um, you know, I don't really care about how many lefties you have, but if you do, then having a another righty in the mix would really help. He had a bad start uh, at the beginning of the year. He was really good towards the middle, and now he, I think he had a pretty tough start in his last outing, but he was a guy that the Mariners were linked to this offseason. He's only got – he's a rental. Um, he's not going to cost that much, um, and – you know, there's upside there. So I guess I would, if you're looking for a name in particular, a starting pitcher, I would give you Lance Lynn as a guy to consider. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be adding Lance Lynn in there and stuff like that. So, and I think I saw somewhere that uh, the Mariners had scouts at Minnesota's last game where Lance mm-hmm. Lynn pitched well. So, yeah, uh, if we can bring him over, pay all his salary for the rest of the year and sort of give up a couple of like low end prospects, I suppose that'll be. I think that'll be a sort of a good deal and a good spot for Jerry to start with. Yeah, I would agree. So I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, certainly, if the Mariners actually make a move, you guys will get another podcast. Um, I think we're shooting for our next one to be next Monday. Uh, I, the All Star Game's on a Wednesday, I believe. Um, so I think we're shooting for next Monday or Tuesday. Hopefully, there'll be something. Uh, some kind of move to talk about but if not we'll just take stock over the first half and just kind of see where we're at so look for that episode next monday or tuesday um trade deadline plan is going to come out either wednesday or thursday um we're recording this on tuesday so either tomorrow or the day after um so be on the lookout for that uh dan do you have anything you want to add before we sign off here no i think i think that's about it hopefully like you said jerry goes out and improves the club over the next week or two and we can kick it off again yep let's let's do it man the mariners are in a good spot so make sure you guys follow us on twitter at soto mojo fs you can find us on facebook you can listen to our podcast on any platform uh that you download your podcast on i believe we're i know we're on uh itunes we're on google music we're i think we're on stitcher now um pretty much anywhere that you you download your podcast or stream them that's where you can find us, guys. So give us a like, give us a subscription or a like, or leave us a comment about what we can do better. Uh, but for now, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in another life.